You are listening to the Central Church Podcast. To learn more about Central Church, including our gathering times, visit us online at centralsanford.net. Today's talk comes from Pastor Alan Brumbach. Hey, Central Church family, it's Pastor Allen, and I know that we were all looking forward to worshiping together in person here this Sunday, January the 10th, but you know what? We're living in this corona apocalypse, and we just have to do what is best. So we hope to be back on the 17th, and we're going to send you all kinds of information that we can, and we're also looking forward to being back in our groups as well. But what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about a topic that I think is very important, and that's the topic of prayer. Last Sunday, Pastor Ethan talked about reading the Bible, and today we're we're going to talk about prayer. So if you have a copy of God's Word, turn to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to look here uh, as Jesus is instructing His disciples on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 5. All right, let's read together. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. And when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, this week we have seen our world just kind of go crazy. And if there ever was a time and a need for Christians to pray, it is now. You know, last uh, Sunday there was the opening of the 117th Congress. And uh, you probably heard because the, there was a prayer that happened there that went kind of viral internationally. Uh, a representative from Missouri uh, was called, his name is Emmanuel Cleaver to give the first daily congressional prayer of this new season. And uh, at the end of his prayer, he said this. He says, We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths, Amen and a woman. Now, I know a lot of people made the, the, the deal about a man and a woman, and uh, you have to understand that the word amen is not a gender word. It is a Latin word that means either truly or so be it. It's not, it has anything to do with man or woman. But you can imagine, you know, the internet really played a lot, and there was a lot of different memes out there about that. But what this reveals, the issue isn't the amen or a woman. Let's move on past that. What it reveals is this is a guy who proclaims himself to be a minister, who proclaims himself to be a Christian, but the issue here is he has a lack of understanding of who he is praying to. He just kind of ends it with whoever is listening out there, whether it is this God or that God or the other God, but that's not what prayer is all about. Well, Jesus is going to instruct us on prayer, and the Gospel of Matthew is, has a theme, and the theme is that Jesus is king, and Jesus has been king long before Kanye made a record about that. But He is the true king, He is the king of kings, and Jesus came to literally change the world. And He came to bring a real radical, permanent change, not just some temporary change that we may see from time to time by politicians. And how Jesus started it is He started with a small group of uneducated and unsophisticated men, but He empowered them with His 
His Holy Spirit, His Word, and the power of prayer. Now, these are the same tools that we have today. And yet, when it comes to reading our Bible or prayer, it's a struggle. I think that for a lot of Christians, prayer is probably one of the biggest struggles that we have. Tim Keller says that if you are a Christian, prayer is the key to everything you should do and everything you should be. But yet Martin Lloyd Jones, who's the preacher uh, of yesteryear, said that there is nothing that tells the truth about us as Christian people so much as our prayer life. Now notice what he says next. Everything we do in the Christian life is easier than prayer. Maybe that's how you feel. Well, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is mid-sermon on the mount, and at the very heart of the message, he answers a question that's posed by his disciples in which he teaches them how to pray. They ask, Lord, teach us to pray, and Jesus does so. But before he gives us this model prayer, which we went over last year, he gives us three things that we need to understand. One is when to pray, how to pray, and why to pray. So let's look here at when to pray. In verse number 5 he says, and when you pray. It's not if you pray, but when you pray. There's an assumption made by Jesus that we pray. Most people around the world pray. In all major religions, prayer is at the very heart of what it means to be a believer. Muslims pray five times a day. Jews pray three times a day. Buddhists pray with little prayer wheels. Hindus pray regularly to get help from the gods for the hope that they can ultimately have union with the great supreme Brahman. And even non-religious people pray. In 2004, there was a study that said that 30% of atheists admitted that they pray sometimes. Even in the most remote cultures around the world, you will find people praying. One scholar said that in virtually all studies of sociology of religious behavior, it is clearly apparent that there's a very high percentage of people that declare that they pray day to day, and many of them pray many times throughout the day. It is a human instinct to pray. Well, Jesus Jesus' mind is that prayer is central, essential and central to the Christian life. It's interwoven all throughout the Bible. There are prayers all throughout the Bible. Read the Old Testament. Read the Psalms. It's a psalm. It's a book that's basically a bunch of prayers. Jesus was a man of prayer. I was reading in my Bible reading this week in Luke chapter 5, verse 16. I hope you've been reading through it as well. That Jesus, after he had this great big miracle kind of crusade where many people were being healed of diseases, many things were happening, that when he was at the very zenith of his popularity, what does Jesus do? He doesn't go start a Facebook page or get on social media. He doesn't get on television. What does he do? He goes away from the crowd, goes to a desolate place, and praise. And this is what the thought that I had in my heart, that if Jesus, who is God Almighty, took time in his life, in the very midst of his greatest opportunities, to take time to be with God in prayer, if he would do that, if Jesus would do that, how much more should you and I do that? So Jesus says, not if you pray, but when you pray. And the issue is because God wants to hear from us. God desires to hear from His children. God wants us to come to Him and have a conversation with Him. Here's what you have to understand. There is no intimacy with God without prayer. You know, maybe you're feeling like you're in a dry season in your walk with God. Maybe that dry season because you're not talking to God and you're not hearing from God. The psalmist said in Psalm 18 verse 6, In my distress I called upon the Lord. To God I cried for help. From His temple He heard my voice and my cry to Him reached His ears. Jeremiah 33, 3, one of my favorites. God says, Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and hidden things that you do not know. And probably one of my most favorite sayings of Jesus 
is in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, where Jesus says, Come to me, you that are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus' invitation is to come. Who? The people that have it all figured out? No. The heavy laden, the burdened, those that are worn out, beat up. Not those that are perfect, not those that are helped, not those that are happy, those that are messed up. Jesus doesn't say, fix yourself and then come to me. He says, no, come to me broken and I will fix you. I will give you rest. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but by everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, God says, worry about nothing. Talk to me about everything. Pray about everything. Don't worry about everything. You know, what's going on in our world and the current apocalypse and what's, what we just saw this week in our nation, that should lead us to pray. Why? Because Jesus is king. Jesus is the Lord of all. We should pray. And here's the thing. You know that. I know that. Most Christians, all Christians know that we should pray, but yet we struggle to pray. Gary Millar, in a book that I read a few years ago called The Praying Life, this is maybe three or four years ago, he wrote this. He said, the evangelical church is slowly but surely giving up on prayer. I mean, you think about this. If I were to call a prayer service, how many of you would actually show up to it? Now, if I were to have this event or that event, we would all show up, but we don't really like to go to prayer events. We don't like to spend a lot of time in prayer. Prayer is hard. Prayer can be difficult, but I think the reason why we don't pray is there's different reasons. One is life's too easy, and so we don't think that we have any need to pray. Maybe your life's going so great you don't really think about it. Or maybe life's too busy. You think, I don't have time to pray. Or maybe you're thinking, you know, God, you're too distant, and you think there's no reason to pray. The core of the issue of prayerlessness is, is twofold. One is that some of you see prayer as a duty rather than a delight. It's a checklist thing. So people do, you and I do what we most want to do. My kids do it, your kids do it, your grandkids do it. Me personally, you do what you most want to do. You right now watching this sermon, it's because you want to do this. Maybe some of you are checking a box off, but you're watching this because there's so many other things you can watch. You can be binging on Netflix right now, sitting in your bed, all comfortable, but yet you've chosen worship because you want to do it. But for some people, when it comes to prayer, we do it because it's just another religious thing to do. But another reason why people don't really know how to, don't, don't really pray is because they don't really know how to pray. There's so many misunderstandings. So Jesus here in this text teaches us how to pray. So that's the second point, how we pray. In verse number five, he says, you should not pray like the hypocrites. You shouldn't be like the hypocrites. Now, everybody knows when, when we talk about a hypocrite, we, we kind of have a, a thought in your mind. You're, you're thinking of that person that, that you know that claims to be a great Christian, but yet they live a double life. And I want you to understand that a hypocrite is a person who uses the veneer of public virtue to cover up private rot. Uh, and a hypocrite is a person who lives a double life. It's, it's not so much the gap between doing and feeling, but it's the gap between public persona and private character. Now, I want you to understand that a hypocrite is not someone who struggles. It's not someone who struggles with sin and is fighting against sin and, and they keep doing what they know they're supposed to do even though they don't feel like it. That, that's not what a hypocrite is. That's just being a, a person. That's being a Christian. But a hypocrite is someone who wants others to think they're something that they're not. They want others to be impressed even though inside they're, they're not very, uh, they're not really walking with God. And so he says, don't pray like the hypocrites who, one, pray to try to impress God. So don't pray to impress God. He says here that they love to stand 
and they love to pray that they may be seen by other people. In verse number 1 of chapter 6, Jesus says, Do not practice your righteousness to be seen. You know, one of the ways that religious hypocrites in Jesus' day would pray, they would stop whatever they were doing in the middle of whatever they were going on, and if it was 9 o'clock in the morning, if it was noon or 3 p.m., they would stop whatever they're doing, and they would just start standing and praying out loud. They would be like, Lord Jesus, thank you so much. I mean, that, like in the middle of whatever they were doing. And they would say the most elegant, the most pious prayers to impress people. Listen, we do not pray to impress others. We do not pray to show off to others. Um, Hypocrites, religious hypocrites, know how to use the right words. They're very impressive in their prayer life, but their heart is far from God. They're not praying to God. They're praying to others. They're praying to be seen. They're praying for themselves. And here he says, don't be like these religious hypocrites who want the glory of, uh, of man more than they want the glory of God. He says, they have gotten their reward. Listen, people that pray just to impress other people, that their, their prayers don't get any higher than the ceiling. The respect, the glory that they get from others by being wow by their perceived piety is all they get. It's worthless to pray to impress other people. And listen, if you and I do godly things only for others to see it and only for others to brag on us, that's all you get. And here's the thing. You know, one of the things that I do when I post anything on Facebook or social media or any, any different platform is I always think, why am I doing this? Am I doing this so that others will think I'm awesome? And listen, from time to time, it gets through that filter. I'm a sinful, sorry person just like you are. But if, only, if the only reason you're doing godly things is so that you can post it on social media so that others can think you're godly, that's all you get. There's your reward. Uh, Jesus says, listen, do these things in secret. Don't do it to be seen by others. As a matter of fact, he says here in verse number 6, he says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Go into the inner chamber. The, the reason he uses this particular word is it's the only place in a typical house in this day that had a lock on it. It was a door that had a lock on it. Now, Jesus isn't telling you you have to go build a prayer closet. Now, a lot of people have built prayer closets because of what Jesus says here. He says it's not so much where you pray, but it's how you pray and the heart behind your prayers. He says here, pray in secret. Your Father sees in secret. He says just be yourself before God. Maybe some of you are like, how can I talk to God? God is God. He's awesome. And, and I don't know what to say to Him. Just be yourself. You remember that part in Aladdin? Where Jeannie says to Aladdin, be yourself, just be yourself before God. You don't have to impress other people. You don't have to get recognition by using $50 college words. You just be who you are because here's the thing. God already knows who you are. It's okay to tell God you've had a bad day. It's okay to tell God that you're struggling. It's okay to tell God all the things that are going on in your life because prayer is an ongoing conversation. And listen... And so that's why your private time with God doesn't always have to be public to everybody. And then he says that if you do that, if you pray to God, your reward, he will, he will reward you in secret. When you pray in isolation, no temptation exists to pose or to posture for anyone else to see it. We pray to seek intimacy with God and guess what you get? intimacy with God. The reward is not so much material here, it's spiritual. When you, listen, here's a crazy thing that some people do. You know, 
there are people from time to time on social media that they all these people I'm sure they drive you nuts too but they're always posting pictures husbands or wives always posting pictures of how in love they are and they go all these different places and they have these selfies and they're like oh I'm such an awesome husband or oh I'm such a hus awesome wife or oh we're such an awesome family you know what I found a lot of those people are doing most of the time those people have marriages that are struggling Sometimes even you'll find out that there's maybe affairs that are going on. They're trying to cover up something. You don't have to post on social media how great your relationship is with God so that people will see how great your relationship is with God. Just have a great relationship with God through prayer. And when you seek that, guess what you get? When you seek to spend time with God, you get God. Religious people use God to get other things. Real believers take time to get to know God. And He's the greatest of all. So, He says, don't pray to impress others, but secondly, don't pray to even impress God. Verse number seven, He says, but when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. These Gentiles, these were pagans, and they were praying to different gods and goddesses. This word, empty phrases, is we get our word babbling from. It's just repeating the same thing over and over as if God has some sort of hearing problem or comprehension problem. These, these heathens, these Gentiles, were, were praying passionately, they were praying loudly to try to get God's attention. So these religious pagans thought in this day that if you were just loud enough and, and prayed long enough and said the same thing, that it would fatigue the gods and the gods would listen to you. You remember that story about Elijah and the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel in, in 1 Kings chapter 18? The priests of Baal repeated their prayers over and over and over again. They even tried to cut themselves trying to get their attention. And you remember Elijah sitting there making pretty much making fun of them, saying, why do you have to do this? And then all Elijah does is he just prays to the God of heaven and God just shows up. Listen, do you think it works by constantly saying the same thing over and over and over again? Think about it with your kids. If your kids come to you and they say, Dad, we want ice cream. Dad, we want ice cream. Mom, we want ice cream. Mom, we want ice cream. Ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. Does that work for you? If it does, you're a horrible parent, probably. I'm just kidding. Maybe you are. It sometimes works for me, so maybe I'm not as great of a parent as I think I am. But most of the time when my kids do that, I don't want to give them ice cream. I want to give them something else uh, that they don't want. Saying something over and over and over again doesn't work with you and it doesn't work with God either. You know, other religions in the world have this mindset that the more you talk, the more likely you'll be heard. And so a lot of them are trying to impress their gods. I mean, I've gone to India and going to these great, magnificent temples that they've built there. And over and over and over again, you hear these Hindus praying the Hare Krishna. And it's just over and over and over. Hare Krishna, Hare Hana, Hare Krishna, Hare Hana. You just hear it over and over again. And they're saying the same thing. Buddhists will sit there and they'll turn a little prayer wheel all day long hoping that that will get their attention of their God. Muslims will pray all 99 names of Allah with their beads. They would go around and around. You know, I was in, uh, in Amsterdam a, a year and a half ago and I was in a mosque there. And there was a guy that was talking about prayer and he says, I pray five times a day but I do it in the mosque because I understand in reading the Quran 
that you get more credit with God if you pray in a mosque. Listen, God's not looking for long words, long prayers, mindless repetition. You know what God is looking for? He's looking for humble hearts that love Him and trust Him. It's all about a relationship. And you don't get close to somebody by repeating yourself. Imagine if you went on your first date with your husband or wife, and all you did was just repeat yourself over and over and over again. My name is Alan, and I do this, and I do that. And you just say over and over and over again. You're not going to get anywhere, and they're not going to get a second date. Listen, you get... You get intimacy with God by just being real and saying what's on your heart and trusting Him, loving Him, understanding who you are in light of who He is. And here's the beautiful thing. Notice what the Bible says. Notice what Jesus says. He says here that you don't need to be like them, verse number 8, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Here's the beautiful thing. God knows what you need before you even say a word to Him. So you don't have to be compelled to try to impress Him or repeat things to Him. You just have to trust Him and get closer to Him. You know, as a dad, I try to do what's best for my kids. And, I, and, and over the years, I'm trying to teach them that actually Father does know best. You know, as, as a dad, I know what they need even more than they know. Uh, and they constantly ask for things that they don't necessarily need. And guess what? I don't give it to them. And sometimes they ask for things that they want, and it's my joy to give it to them. I know what's best for them because I have a perspective they don't have. Well, here Jesus says, when you come to your Father, you go in, you shut the door, you go into your Father who is in secret. You don't have to impress Him with long words or repetitious prayers. You just can come in there and know that your Father has the best perspective. He knows what you need before you even ask it. And all He really wants for you is just for you to come into His presence. Tim Keller put it this way. He says, in prayer, God will either, either give us what we ask or give us what we would have asked if we knew everything He knows. Let me say that again. In prayer, God will either give us what we ask or give us what we would have asked if we know everything He knows. That's how He wants us to pray. When to pray? You need to pray all the time. How to pray? You need to pray not to impress other people. Who cares about that? You don't need to try to impress God. You have a Father who knows what you need before you even ask Him. Just come to Him honestly and humbly and open. Share your burdens. That's how you pray. So now let's look at why we pray. See, our prayer and our prayer life reveals much about our relationship with God. You want to see somebody that has a real relationship with God? Find out their prayer life. Tim Keller says, and he has a great book on prayer, but he says his definition of prayer is this, is that it is an ongoing conversation with God that God started through His Word and through His grace. So prayer comes out of a relationship with God that's established through His Word and through His grace. So if I want to have a better prayer life, then I need those two things. I need God's Word and I need God's grace. So why I should pray is I should pray because I have a relationship with Him. And how do I develop that relationship with Him? It's through His Word. That's what Pastor Ethan talked about last Sunday. If you didn't watch it, didn't listen to it, go check it out. It's a great sermon. God is a God who communicates. He has communicated to humanity through a written Word. He has revealed Himself through His Word. And you can never know God outside of what He's revealed to you through His Word. And if you were to have a relationship with God in prayer, it must be by you getting to know and to hear God. It has to be a two-way conversation. If all you do is talk and you never listen, 
That's not a relationship. It's something else. If you are struggling in your prayer life, it could be that you're not spending enough time in the Word of God. The reason we are encouraging all our church to be in God's Word this year is because we want, we believe, one, this is God's Word. It's sufficient. It's authoritative. But it's also a way for you to have a relationship so you can grow. It's hard to have a conversation with somebody you don't know. It's hard to connect with somebody you never listen to. So prayer is that ongoing conversation, that God's relationship that God started through His Word. How did you get saved? Through hearing the Word of God. How do you grow? By reading the Word of God. That's how it happens. It's simple. Christianity doesn't have to be that hard. Listen, all the stuff that we're going through, there are two types of people in this world. Those who are afraid and those who read their Bible. When you know God and when you know Him and when you trust in Him, you don't have to be afraid. And you don't have to be afraid because you read His Word and you're spending time with Him in prayer. But we know Him not only through His Word, but we know Him through His grace. The fact that God speaks to us in His Word is God's grace. And the only way that we can speak back to God is the grace of God. He began the conversation with those who don't deserve it. I don't know if you, some of you maybe have watched the... the, the uh, show on Netflix called The Crown. But, but if you notice that here you have Queen Elizabeth and before anyone kind of comes into her presence, they're announced and there's this rigmarole and they wait almost as if she has to speak first. Do you understand that we don't have to go to God because of all that stuff? We can come to God in His presence. We don't need anybody else. You, you don't need Mary. You don't need a priest. You don't need it. You have Jesus, and because of Jesus, you can come to Him. And, and because He made the first move, you can now come to Him. See, a lot of people have this idea of prayer that we think we have to earn a hearing to get God's attention. That we got to be somebody for God to actually listen to us. Listen, we are not able in ourselves to get God's attention. So, sometimes we uh, give ourselves too much credit. And some, sometimes, you know, I've heard people say this to me. They say, you know what, Pastor, if I can get things right in my life, then God will hear me. Listen, you can't ever get yourself right enough for God to hear you. The fact that you are speaking to God is not because you earned the hearing. It's because He did everything to, so that you could have the hearing. Jesus provided that. That's why in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, the writer says of Hebrews, he says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. We can come with confidence. We can go before the very throne of not just the Queen of England, not the President of the United States, the King of kings, God Almighty. And we can come and receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can come to God with confidence knowing that He will hear us. Listen, you have to understand this. If you are a Christian, you can know this. I am welcomed, I am wanted, and I am heard. But how? How can you approach Him? I, you and I can only come to Jesus through the blood of Jesus Christ. We can only come to God through Jesus. And so listen... Because of Jesus, you have exclusive access to the one who created you. You can talk to, you can, you can spend time with the God who made everything and is in control of everything. That's His grace. Why you should pray? Because He started the relationship. 
He's given you His Word. He's extended you His grace. That's why you should pray. And you can come and you can know, like I said, you are welcomed, you are wanted, and you are heard. Let me end with this. Last year, uh, around New Year's Eve, uh, in Vatican City, uh, there was an incident that happened, and it happened in St. Peter's Square. A woman came up to the Pope, Pope Francis. Pope Francis is supposed to be the man that's known to be the Pope of the people. And she grabbed him by his arm. And as she grabbed him, she tried to pull him to herself. And this, at the time, 83-year-old, now 84-year-old Pope, you know what he did? He slapped her hand away. Slapped her away. Now later, the Pope apologized. The Pope is known to be the Roman Catholic, the Roman, Holy Roman Catholic Church's holiest man. The spokesperson for God. He's even called His Holiness. Yet this woman came to him and yanked his arm and he slapped her away. And I thought about that story. You know, I can't imagine being the Pope. I can't imagine all these people clamoring. You know, in a COVID world, nobody's doing that like that anymore. But I can't imagine being the Pope and wanting people to touch you and see you and talk to you. And I, listen, I guarantee you, I would have lost patience. There would be more scandals if I were the Pope. Okay, I'll just tell you that right now. Because I'd be slapping people away. I'd be saying crazy things. But then I think about God. And God Almighty is truly His holiness. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the highest. And I think of how many times I have come to Him in prayer. How many times have I aggravated Him? How many times have I frustrated Him? How many times have I acted foolish and then come to Him trying to get right? And you know, every time, He's never slapped me away. And He'll never slap you away. You and I can draw near to God because God has already drawn near to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Whatever you're going through, whether you're financially in trouble or relationally in trouble or you're fearful of what's going on in the world or you've got a health scare that you are really just worrying about or you're just worrying about how you can make it through today because you're so lonely, you've got a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And today, if you want to be near God, you can. He'll never slap you away. You can come to Him just where you are. If you are not a Christian, you can come to Jesus. He will forgive you of your sins. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead so you could have a right relationship with Him. If you are a Christian, don't forfeit the peace. Don't forfeit the grace. Don't forfeit all the goodness and the joy in your life because you don't spend time in prayer. Don't think He doesn't care. He wants to hear from you. Don't think that life's too easy because I'll guarantee you life's not as easy as you think. Don't think you don't have enough time. You have plenty of time. It's just desire. I want our church to be a church that prays 
And as we regather again real soon, and as we go throughout 2021, we are going to be a church that's on our knees, a church that is praying. And I'm excited about the future that God has given us. And if you're here and you want to trust Jesus Christ as Savior, here is how you can do it. Right now, just bow your heads, close your eyes. Those of you that are watching right now, just bow your heads. And if you're here and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, or you're here and you want to get a prayer life that you want, I want to encourage you to pray. But those of you that aren't believers yet, maybe you'd pray a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that there's no way that I can ever earn your love. But I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead. And I ask that you forgive me of my sins and save me. I believe that you are the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you made a decision for Christ today or you want to talk to somebody or if you want to be involved in a more deeper prayer life, we want to connect you to our church even more. And one way you can do that is by texting into this number, 407-338-4024. It's real simple, just put your name, Put whatever your need is. I just trusted Jesus, or I want to be baptized. I want to take that next step, or I need to be in a group, or I need somebody to talk to, somebody to pray with me. Just text into 407-338-4024. You can do it right now. Now listen, we've had a wonderful time in God's Word, and I appreciate you being here and being a part of all that God is doing. My prayer is, is that as we go into 2021, we will go excited, but we'll also go on our knees praying with you. Thank you again for listening to the Central Church Podcast. For more information on how to take your next step, visit us online at centralsanford.net.